0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: Isn't just in you like some kind of a theological light, He is dwelling in you by faith. Now watch this. He comes in by faith. Now he dwells in you by faith because we're saved by grace and faith. And so now he can feel at home in you. Let me read something to you. It'll take me a minute, but don't wander. This is a great teaching. I read years ago a classic little booklet. Some of you have seen it. It's called um, My Heart, Christ's Home by Robert Munger. How many have ever heard of that book? Okay, most of you didn't raise your hand, which is good because this will be fresh and new to you. I'm going to take that book and I'm going to bring it down to a little bit of a summary because this is what Christ living in you down home. This is this inner strength that you have when Christ is not only in you, but he is down home in you, that he's living in you. Watch this. And he's living through you because he's comfortable in you. All right. My, Christ, or my, my heart, Christ's home. In his booklet, My Heart Christ's Home, Robert Munger pictures the Christian life as a house through which Jesus goes from room to room. In the library, which is the mind, Jesus finds trash and all sorts of worthless things which he proceeds to throw out and replace with his word. In the dining room of Appetite, he finds many sinful desires listed on a worldly menu. In the place of such things as prestige, materialism, and lusts, He puts humility, meekness, and love, and all the virtues for which believers are to hunger and thirst. He goes to the living room of fellowship, where he finds many worldly companions and activities. Then he goes to the workshop, where only toys are being made, into the closet where hidden sins are kept, and so on through the entire house. And only when he had cleared every room, closet and corner of sin and foolishness, Could he then settle down and be at home? And so while we're praying for that person to not only have Christ in them, but to dwell in them and to have that inner strength, that inner core value of Christ, and we know that that can only happen when he allows that Satan would clean out that man, that woman. Make sure that while we're praying for them that Christ is gone from the library of our mind all the way out through our body as his home and that it would be as clean as possible. That that person would understand the strength of character they can have in Christ. Well, that brings us to the second part of the prayer. We talked about for inner strength. We want to pray that they would have that inner strength to endure whatever they're going through. The second is for extensive love. And by the way, each one of these builds on the one before it, I believe. I believe it's a connecting thought that goes through this prayer. So after you have that inner, then you're going to see the extensive strength. Let me go through the passage and read it to you. Verse 17, the last part through the first part of verse 19. It says this, beginning, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and here it is, and that, see how it's connected, and that, next, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Well, I think we have to begin at the ending of that phrase. that surpasses knowledge. I'm about to do the best I can to preach this to you in three to five minutes. This little section here. I can never do it justice. If I had a lifetime of to park on this verse and go through every time that word is found all over scripture, all all that I could, I would never be able to express to you the length, the width, the height, and the depth of his love. And yet, what's so odd that passes our understanding... We're to pray that that other person would get that. And so we're asking them to have something that they probably will never fully understand. Now, some of you are saying, that makes no sense to me. Well, it does to me. Because it's like saying, um, listen, by the time you come back to church next week, would you please go through the internet? And when you get to the end of the internet, come back and tell me about it. There's no way we'll be able to get through the internet. All right, there's no way I'll ever be able to plummet its depths or climb to its height or go as far as to the width and the length of Christ. But I want us all to have as much as we possibly can and give the rest of our life to fully experience that so that we would really be, watch this, satisfied with His love. So we talk about the extent of His love. Here's why. The very people that you're going to be praying for, probably, if they're going through some really deep weeds, what might be causing that is because they have fallen out of love with the Lord and fallen more in love with the world or worldview or people of the world or what we might call contemporary idols in some way. And what's happened is they've transferred their love for the Lord, or they never had it to start with, and they're embracing the love of the whole world system thing, okay? And that's why they have the problems that they're having. And what we want them to know is we want them to be fully satisfied, fully with the love of God in their life, so that their tank of love is so filled that if the world gives them a bad shot, they don't then respond to the world with those bad shots with an equally or worse bad shot back. So that they can be so filled with the Lord so they can think and live properly for God. So that's why it says for the extent of his love. They're praying. Would you understand the extent of his love? You never will. But go further than you are right now. At least recognize that his love is the only love that really needs to drive you and motivate you. And then that love can be poured out to those that are around you so that no matter how much they'll suck you dry of your love, it'll never be dry because you'll have the fullness of God's love and that's what you're praying for them. So let's go back to the passage here. All right, it starts with being rooted and grounded in love. Now, it's not talking about fleshly love there. It'd be kind of an agape love for God, rooted and grounded. All right. Rooted is kind of an agricultural term. Uh, grounded is an architectural. So you have agricultural and architectural. The, the rooted part of it is talking about how deep we're going to go. And the grounded part would be how stable we will be like a building that is stable. And, of course, you heard enough illustrations. Buildings are only as stable as the foundation is stable. And the higher the building goes up, the more the pillars have to go down into the ground to be able to make sure that it is stable to be able to withstand the windows or the the wind. The wind may blow out the windows, but will never blow the building down if it's on a proper foundation and set properly. At the same time, it's grow. And I love the root thing because once the building is finished you really don't pound more pillars into the ground. It's basically a done deal. But with the grounding of a tree, it keeps going further and, further and further and further and further and further and stabilizing it more and more. And so what I'm looking for is I want to realize that my love for the Lord is going to continue to grow. I'm more in love with the Lord today than I was last Sunday. I hope you are too. And we'll be more in love next week because it's growing. At the same time, we are so stable, watch this, that I don't need any more love from any other things because I am stable. I've already, that's a done deal. It's a settled deal. I am now fully grounded that his love is all i need i'm rooted and now i'm grounded and that gives me all that's necessary to say that his love is all i ever need so it begins by that i love that phrase i'm being stabilized by his love number two it continues by grasping the extent of it there's a lot of words here and they may be able it's a word in the greek that means completely able fully able to comprehend mentally grasping with all the saints. And so, my idea is that every one of us would know this. And his whole idea is that we would be fully understanding this. Not only the person that we're praying for, that we all might understand this. That's a truth that all believers need to have. So, it continues with that. And then it concludes with, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. I am. <clears throat> I have I've, I've took that phrase this, this week as I prepared this message and I, I thought to myself, how could I really maybe begin to, to, to look at the love of Christ? Where would I begin to look when he changed the water and the wine, when he healed the blind man, when he healed the cripple, where, where would it be? And, and I realized that all of those were outward things he did to basically validate That He was God in the flesh that ultimately came for a purpose to go to the cross. And all of a sudden now it's all coming into focus. The great love, love, love of God is all found at the cross. But God proved His love to me and that while we were yet sinners He died for me. So if you want to really pray for someone to be rooted and grounded in the extent of God's love. Watch this. You want to pray that they could continue to fully grasp what Christ did for us on the cross. I often said you can't go much deeper than John 3.16. And if you don't have soteriology right, you probably won't have the rest of the ologies right. Obviously, you have to believe the Bible and all of that, but... At the same time, our understanding of Scripture will only come when we've trusted Christ as our Savior, that He is the Lord. And so maybe as you're praying that they would see the extent of God's love, that they would see the worth and the wealth of the cross and all that's involved. That brings us to the third, and that is to pray for the fullness of God I love the way it begins here with inner strength and it moves to really understanding the love of God and that they would fully understand that. And when you really know God loves you, he loves you so much that whatever a person might go through that they will never believe that Satan, of that, well, Satan's lie that says, you know, if God really loved you, you wouldn't go through all this junk. All you have to say is, um, if that's the case, then God didn't love his son, Jesus, because Jesus went all through junk worse than yours. And that's not true. It was because of his love that Jesus did this, and it's because of his love you're going through all of this so that you can understand it's only about his love and be satisfied with his love, period. But now number three is the fullness of God, which brings us to the end of verse 19. It says this, such a rich little phrase here. It says that you may be filled up. I love that in this translation, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. So if it's your Bible, underline filled up, And then to all, so you can understand completely filled and overflowing with the fullness of God. Um, It's hard for people to understand the fullness of God. Sometimes they like to use the term, they have a beaker over here, and they'll pour stuff in the beaker and they'll say, that's being filled with the fullness of God. I I, kind of get that, that's not bad. Sometimes I like to use like a Coke bottle and that we're filled with this Coke, and that if we shake ourselves, you know, and I, lift, or I pop off the lid of that Coke bottle, that, that, that love that squirts out to everybody. It's like the love is so much. It's effervescent, and popping, pop it, and it just goes everywhere. So the love that I have is shed abroad. Okay, I get that. But I like to use another phrase, and stay with me on this. Have you ever known someone in the family that's lost it? I mean, they didn't, didn't just blow their top. They were absolutely consumed with rage and you feared for the damage that that person would do to someone else, something else, or to themselves. Have you ever known someone at least one time to have that kind of rage? Would you raise your hand? I have, all right? Maybe it's you and me at times and we've lost it. We would call that we are filled with rage. Now, why am I telling you that? It's because the rage that's inside of me is filling me that means I'm consumed by that rage but more than that I am influenced by that rage because it's a rage that I don't just contain it's a rage that's inside that's now showing signs outwardly and so if we're filled with the love of God then we're going to act lovingly but the question is is not to say "All right, I want the love of God because all of a sudden we're compartmentalizing parts of God which is okay because we've got the focus it talks about knowing the love of God but it ended with something better Or at least more. And that would be that you would be filled up with the fullness of God. Which now means, go backwards, if I'm filled up with the fullness of God, then I will have everything I need of God within me. Love is a part of it. Now to understand and to use the love of God, let that have an extensive outreach. But also, I am so filled inside of me that I understand it is an inward strength. And where does that come from? The love that I'm rooted and grounded in, that's all found in the fullness of God in my life. Did you catch that? So my question really goes back with, are you going to pray that they would be filled up, not with rage or envy or greed or depression or discouragement, but that they would be filled up with the fullness of God? Now, this is what really gets cool, and I'm out of time, so let me just blast you through this. You that have been around the church a long time know that I like to find the Trinity in passages All throughout scripture. If you have your pens ready, I want to show you the trinity here. And I'm going to go somewhere with this. It's not just an odd truth for you to have. Go to verse 14. It says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. It's usually referred to God. God the Father. So you can circle Father there if you will. Verse 16 it says that he, the Father, God. So you see God the Father is referred there. So that's number one. Now go to verse 16 again. To be strengthened with power through his spirit. Put a number two by that. Now you have God the Father. Now you have God the Spirit involved in this prayer. Now to go to verse 17. So that Christ, you have God the Son, may dwell in your hearts through faith. So what you now have is the Godhead all mentioned in one prayer for other people. So you're grabbing a hold of God. Now if you go to the end there, the end of verse 19, that we are filled up full with the fullness of God. So now the issue is, will we have the Godhead dwelling inside of us? Now let me have you write these references down if you don't have them already. I want to show you the phrase filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with Christ, filled with God so that you'll understand when we're filled up with God, we're filled up with the Godhead as a believer in Christ. We want them to not be this necessarily but to understand that they have all the resources necessary to excel whatever they're going through. Okay? And here it is. Write these references down if you want. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 23. Chapter 1 verse 23. Chapter 4 verse 10. Chapter 4 verse 10. Chapter 5 verse 18. Chapter 5 verse 18. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. Chapter 2 verse 9. Chapter 2 verse 9. Chapter 2 verse 10. Chapter 2 verse 10. All right, now, i going to give you one more truth, and then we'll end with the doxology. <clears throat> Look up here. Remember how it says, be filled up with the fullness of God? And I've given you other passages that talked about being filled with Christ, being filled with the Spirit, being filled with God. One of the passages that's embedded in what I've just given to you is talking about that in Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. So that means Christ has all of God, all the Spirit, all of himself, all the Godhead is in Christ. Now watch this. In the same passage, it says, Christ in you, which has the fullness of the Godhead, Christ in you is now in you. So you and I already have within us. This is amazing truth, way beyond my ability to understand it, comprehend it, and unfortunately even live by it. But I have all that I need of God. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. I don't need anything else in Christ. He is in me, the hope of glory. All of that is there. So that's inside of me, it's inside of you, and if that person knows Christ as Savior, they have the fullness of God in them. So what you really want is, while we would like to remove those things that are causing them the problems, right now you want them to understand the inner strength they have in Christ, the extent of God's love, and the fullness of God in their life, so that whatever they're going through, they can go through it with strength, stamina, for the glory of God, and watch this, it's beautiful. After he gives that prayer that he's praying for them to God about, It's like Paul just, I can't stand it any longer. And he goes into the doxology. So now let's read it. The one that you probably have underlined in your Bible. Verse 20 says this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, which means no matter how much I pray, no matter how frail my prayer is, if I'm going to even copy Paul's prayer, even though it's a biblical prayer, that the Lord can even go way beyond what I'm praying or even thinking about for that person. According to the power that now works within us. The power of God that works in us. To him be glory in the church. That's you and me. In Christ Jesus. To all generations. Leaving a legacy for the next people that will be in this building long after we're gone. If Jesus doesn't come back. Forever and ever and ever. Now that's at the end of the prayer that he prayed for those Ephesians. Believers, And so what I hope that today's message did is it awakened us to spend less time on Facebook, less time in television, less time in all this other stuff so we would place more time in the depth of this kind of praying for the very people that God brings across our path, whether these people asked for prayer or not. I didn't get that from the Ephesians. I don't hear them asking for prayer. So he was praying for them whether they asked for it or not. Would you allow me to be as humble as possible when I say this? And I, 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 I mean this with all my heart. Would you pray this prayer for me? I don't know what God has in store for standing, Carol in the days ahead. I don't know what God has in store in the days ahead for you all. But would you pray that this would be a a living, these truths, living reality in us. And watch this. When they become this, which I believe they will, because they're God's, God's word, God's prayer, you will be encouraged by a mighty, powerful God who heard and answered your request. And let me assure you that this is the kind of prayer I am praying for you. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. There's so much more in your notes. I've given you some assignments at the end of that. Be sure to go through those. Don't just have this another usual Sunday morning, deep message from the pastor. Pick apart some of the phrases and my poor grammar at parts and then you just leave it and go on. But let the Holy Spirit change you. For his glory, for his sake, but also for the sake of the people that are around you who need your prayers. Is there anyone in here today that's perhaps to a point where you need to come into God's forever family by faith? No, we're not talking church membership here, just getting into God's family. You know, for this prayer to work, you need to be a believer. Whether you're praying this prayer or having the results of this prayer you have to come into his forever family. This will not work outside the family. So our prayer for you is that you would have inner strength because of your faith alone in Christ. And once you trust him, that strength is there upon what you could tap. That you would understand the extent of God's love and for you it's just an academic realization historically that Jesus is God and that he died on a cross and he rose again and you're feeling the weight of your sin because of the the guilt and the conviction of the spirit, the realization that Christ is the only forgiver, no religion, no denomination, no church. You're at that point, so it's starting to work and you want the fullness of God because you know all along all these years there's been this big puka, this big openness, this big emptiness in your heart and life and you filled it with as much as you could, you did as best as you could to help as many people as you could, as often as you could, but even at the end of the day, you know that something's missing. Something's missing. You know, when I lose my keys, and I found them, and I find them, I don't keep looking for them any longer, because I'm satisfied. I got my keys. I may try a thousand other keys, and they're not working. And so I'm never satisfied till that right key unlocks the door. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's the key of faith that'll unlock the door of Christ so you can have all that's inside. So would you simply say to the Lord, Lord, I know I've done things wrong and I'm a sinner and I'm so sorry for that, but Lord, I'm coming to you right now knowing that no good deed I do myself will get me to heaven. And I wanna thank you for your grace that you'll give me heaven in spite of me, that you'll give me your mercy to keep me from all the judgment that'll come if I don't trust in you. And I wanna thank you that all these truths that I heard about today are now mine. So I want to thank you that I'm in your forever family not by what I've done but only by what you've done for me on the cross. So thank you for that. Now my friend, I'd like to pray for you if you're trusting Christ. Now remember, me praying for you doesn't get you into heaven. You trusting Christ does. But if you've done that, I'd like to pray for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if today's the day you're accepting the payment Christ made for you on the cross by his love for you and you'd like for me to pray for you, today's the day. Would you slip up your hand right now? I'd like to pray for you. Is there anyone at all today? Let me know. Put up your hand. All right, Christians, how many of you are gonna take this prayer request, if I could call it a request, it's a prayer admonition, a prayer lesson, and you're gonna begin by God's grace to pray that for others. And you'd like for me to pray for you and part of your prayer is that you too would have a a right reason and a right attitude and a right focus as you begin to pray this prayer for others. I'd like you to pray for me. I've requested that already publicly. But how many of you would like to have prayer? Would you slip up your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you that we've been accepted in the Beloved One by faith alone. And that, Father, you love us too much just to leave us as a floundering baby Christian. That, Father, that you want us to grow in grace and not just to own grace. I thank you that, Father, that through this, that we too would come to a point that we would want others to have what we've learned here today about extensive love and inner strength and fullness of God. But, that Father, while we're praying for others, that we would know these truths and begin to experience them in our life, to fully know them, epigonoso, And that as knowing them, our behavior would change because, Father, if this is what we know, then it begins to translate and this is what we'll do. And then, Father, help us because of your love for the people that are in our life, your love for them, that we would love whom you love. And, Father, we would then pray for them to know you, the strength you give them through the Spirit, the love of Christ and the fullness of God, the whole divine trinity in this. Father, we pray this so you'd be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.